Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Delta Flyers. We are a weekly podcast that discusses episodes of Star Trek Voyager in chronological order. Your two hosts along this podcast journey are myself, Garrett Wong, a.k.a. Ensign Harry Kim, and Robert Duncan McNeil. McNeil, 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 McNeil. Who portrayed Lieutenant? A little, little echo there. Just Lieutenant. He, he, he portrayed Lieutenant. Look, it. it's the Lieutenant. <laughs> it's the Lieutenant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we're extra rambunctious. Who portrayed Lieutenant Tom Paris. If you're interested in either an extended version of this podcast or the extended video version of this podcast, both of which include added bonus awesome segments, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers and sign up today to become a patron. Yes, do that. And you get video, audio, bonus features, and you get you do. the lieutenant. <laughs> and you get the cheese. You know in that episode where, where they were like, get the cheese to sickbay. Everybody loves, like, that's the winner. That is the winner of all time. Get the cheese to sickbay. I know. That was a great line. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the lieutenant should be the name of your autobiography. Yes. Yes. The lieutenant. The lieutenant. The Robert Duncan McNeil story. <laughs> the cheese. Oh, my gosh. Hey. I, uh, I, want, I want the cheese to be my autobiography. You're the gonna, cheese. You're going to go life story. The, the cheese? Okay. Yeah. All right. Will it have a... The cheese. Will I have a photo of you eating cheese on the on yeah. the cover, or, or yeah, yeah, I think so, or just a big like pile of cheese, just a big pile of cheese, yeah. and people can kind of interpret that how they see fit, however you want, however you want. I love Every, that. Everybody's got a little cheese story in their life. I think. I think that's pretty darn awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about the cheese. <laughs> All right, enough about the cheese. Um, anything else new that you want to chat about right now, or should we just not go right really? Into this? Let's okay. just go right Let's into go right it. into this. Yeah. All right, okay. So, um, if you don't already know our format, what we are about to do is we're about to play a game of what do we remember, and that is for our Patreon patrons and for everyone else. If you just stay tuned, Robbie and I get to go and rewatch Non Sequitur, and we'll come back and give you guys our two cents worth on that. So thank you guys, and we'll be right back. All right, see you in a minute. Welcome back, guys. Robbie and I are done watching Nonsense. Yes, we are. Okay. We certainly are, Mr. Harry Kim. Now, now you know. The Harry Kim show, I see. <laughs> the whole crew had the episode off. What do you mean, like, oh, I don't remember because I had the episode off. Everybody was off. Yeah. Nobody worked except you and my buddy Mark Kiley, who I totally forgot was in this episode. Mark Kiley and I. I knew Mark. Yeah, I just talked to Mark a week or two ago. Yeah, he's he's uh, not. He, Mark has not been acting for many years. He moved back to Rhode Island. Uh, so Mark played Lieutenant Laska, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And uh, Mark was one of my best friends in the world. We, uh, he worked with me and helped me make a couple of short films. And we started a, a, an acting co-op, this theater group together. And uh, anyway, so Mark is back in Rhode Island where he grew up living there. He's, he's raised three boys back there. And uh, he's a swim coach. And uh, he's a very successful swim coach, like competitive swimmers. 
and uh, lives in Rhode Island and he's loving life. And I just talked to him like two weeks ago, probably. That's great. Yeah, that's crazy. That is and I totally crazy. forgot he was in this episode. So wow. anyway, that's Mark Kiley. Well, I'm gonna so many things to talk about in this. Yeah, episode. yeah. I'm gonna say off the bat, I, I'm a little jealous of your relationship that you had with Mark Kiley. You just told me he what? was your best friend back then. Oh, like, well, really? speaking of best friends, <laughs> so you kept talking about. Let's see, what was his name? Danny Bird. Oh, oh, really? Oh, Danny, my best friend, Danny Bird. <laughs> we don't I even... heard Danny Bird one more time. We don't even see Danny Bird. We don't even know what Never Danny you... Bird looks like. No, okay? no. Um, all right, we, we always start off with a, um, we try to start off with a plot synopsis in the beginning for those of the people. Do you have a haiku? Out there. I do have a haiku, I do. I have a haiku for this one. Let me, let me do then, let me do the, the messy sloppy one. You can do then, the messy sloppy one. I just always, tell you, I do want to tell you, yes. one of the notes from Jesse, our editor, was that it would be super cool if you did another poetry slam thing where you just sort of like rift, you know, instead of- um, Oh, just like make it up? Just sort of like, you know, rift right. along with it, you know, and then not did the long meandering one. And then I did my haiku. <laughs> That's what, that was the notes for, I'm being perfect. All right, notes, let me see if That's, I can just riff something. Just, just riff it. Yeah. Yo, 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 Harry Kim doesn't know where he's at. He wakes up in the morning and has a little spat with Libby, his fiance. We didn't even know her. What happens next? I'm gonna show ya. He goes to Starfleet and doesn't know about the ship. He doesn't even know where he's living in. So then, he figures out he went in a time slip and has to find his way back with his best buddy, Tom Paris. Something like that. Bravo. I mean, was I was impressive. trying to wrap it out. I feel like that's I good was enough. Kind of, I was, I was, I don't know. Hey, I, was, I went with it. I was with okay. you. I supported you it 100%. Wasn't, it wasn't my best. I, I didn't know you were going to throw this at me. No, but like, now that to... you know this, you're going to be prepared next time. Or you're, yeah, you will improve. I might. I don't know if my rap is going to get any better. <laughs> it's just it doesn't... not my strength. And I, and I get, I get self-conscious. Okay, if you don't want to put it in rap, presentation form you could also yeah, just do spoken word where you just sort of you know maybe i could do like patrick stewart does the his uh sonnets he you could do a sonnet, sonnet. description of, of or maybe i'll do it in an old redneck country hillbilly story which is really closer to my roots anyway i'll work on that this is not for you guys in the audience to worry about right okay? Right, sure. If you want to take a sort of a Mark Twain, you know, yes, kind of approach to it, folksy, you know, kind of folksy American thing, go right ahead. Okay. So my haiku, yes. and just to remind everybody, it's five syllables, seven syllables, and then five syllables. So there's only three lines to the poem, right? Yes. So for non sequitur, the non sequitur haiku is, Kim wakes up at home. It's not his reality. Paris saves the day. Oh, I like the ending. Oh, you like that? You like the I ending? I like the ending. Oh, I like the ending a lot. You yeah, love that. Danny ending. Bird. It's not Danny Bird didn't save the day. <laughs> Did he? No. Are you jealous of Danny Bird? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say jealous. Okay, I'm okay. I'm going to say annoyed. A competitive or annoyed? Yes. Annoyed and competitive okay. with Danny Bird, who doesn't even exist. If I say AC, 
you will never think of it as air conditioning. You will think AC is annoyed and competitive from yes. now on. Got it. Abbreviation. Got it. AC. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's do this, puppy. The teaser. Harry wakes up in bed and we see. How many times have we started an episode with this screaming close up of your face? By the way, you looked there. about 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you look so young. You Did. look so young. I was like, that's oh the Asian. God. That's the way it works, though, right? So it kind of is supposed to work for Irish people, too. Like, no, what I got, but not the same. Sorry, it's not for white people. It's only it's only people of color. Yeah. We, okay. we look younger than, you know, we, we, our true age is. That's just you the way look like a baby. Oh, God. I know. I was already quarter of a century old, though. I was at least 25 at that point when we filmed yeah, that. So yeah. 25 or 26, okay. right? So you wake up. Uh, I wake up in the bed. Well, first of all, girl. I just want to say, Brannon, he didn't make the choice. Brannon Braga wrote this. He didn't make the choice of making it um, Libby Libby Chen. You know what I'm saying? It was it yeah. was Libby, the cocaine, the non-Asian girlfriend, yeah. which, uh, which yeah. I thought, hey, that's nice, right? That's great. Because yeah. Hollywood tends to always, you know, when you see a commercial... Um, and you see a family, if it would be usually a uniform ethnic family. It's a black I father, a black changing, mother. Asian though. I, Slowly, I but not then. 1995, you did not see Asian men with a girlfriend who was not Asian or a wife that who is not Asian. You didn't see that, yeah. right? So that was huge. I didn't think twice about it because that had basically been the pattern of my life growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, in a in an all-white neighborhood, going to a predominantly, pretty much all-white um, junior high, a grade school, junior high, high school. Um, I was used to being attracted to Caucasian women because that's the only women that were around me, except for my mother and sister who are Asian, but I'm not dating either my mother or sister. I don't think God. so. I don't no. think you should. But maybe in Memphis, you can do that. Maybe. That may be legal. I don't know. I've been Did to you Memphis. just alienate all of our Memphis <laughs> listeners now? They just everybody in Tennessee is like. Listen, I've already said I'm <laughs> I'm a hillbilly redneck from the okay. from North Carolina. Okay. So, all right. I, no, I was just making a joke. But. Okay, that's just Robbie joking. Y'all don't get all you know. <laughs> don't get don't get all bent out of shape, y'all. Don't worry about Robbie McNeil. He's one of you. Don't worry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. So um, yes, you wake up in a in a biracial yeah. relationship which is yeah, yeah. progressive just, for the time much more common now yes let's talk about jennifer Gotti for a second the let's actress do. that plays libby um she was she played an hiv positive character on young and the restless keisha monroe wow. which is pretty big um she also did another more soap opera work she had done tng birthright parts one and two of next generation right wow. before she did so she had some you know some trek experience already right. um right. she was in a bon jovi music video for the song oh. runaway um wow. was another thing that she did so she has a nice resume it's, it's got a lot of different things on there is she and, still uh, acting do you know uh yeah her last credit was 2019 so yeah it looks like oh, she's yeah. still acting so she she didn't she didn't go off and become a swim coach like uh like mark Kiley did no um, written by Brandon Braga, directed by David Livingston, Cosimo's Coffee Shop. Do you think that had any influence from Cosmo Genovese? Yes. I think I had the same thought. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. I think so. I think so too. That makes the most yeah. sense, right? Yeah. So you look out the window, you're in San Francisco, we go to the credits, we come back and you're like, what the F is going on, right? 
So yeah. you're all confused. But I got to say, in your morning confusion, dude, even when you wake up in bed with a girl that's <laughs> half naked, you don't seem to want to be around the half naked girl. I was like, Harry, you, you've been in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, sure, it's a little confusing, but like, what? You just woke up with this girl who's like giving you the googly eyes, the morning Google. And instead you're like, actually, I take it back. She was pushing you to go to work. She was kind of like, come on, go, she did. you gotta get to work. She was yeah. pushed. So I'm not gonna blame you for it. No. All for, yeah, but, yeah. but, but, okay. Well, you know, it reminds me of, you, you know, there's the, um, oh God, it was uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I think. And in that film, there's that scene where this knight goes into this castle and it's just filled with these beautiful women all inside this castle. And this other knight comes to save him. And he's like, I'm here to save you. And he's like, save me? From what? He's like, the peril. And he's like pointing at all these women. And he's like, oh, well, um, I don't really need saving from the peril. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm here to save you from the peril. And he's pulling him out of the castle. And yeah. so it's so really, you're right. Yeah. Harry's always running from the peril. From you know the peril. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a really hot peril in yeah. your bed. And <laughs> you decided to go take a shower. Yeah. Did yep. you notice when she's talking to me and she's standing at the, um, that island in the kitchen, yeah. notice that, notice what she's wearing. She's wearing this kind of, uh, this shirt and it's sort of sheer, it's, it's horizontal stripes, yeah. but it's sheer. And I then later in the office, there's a picture of Libby and Harry and Harry is wearing that shirt in the photo. So, oh, so she was that, wearing, she's wearing shirt. my shirt. Exactly. I didn't know but, Harry wore see-through shirts though. Well, that, see, it's a little, that, that's a that's a Bob Blackman thing, okay? Yes. So this is we all had to wear some questionable outfits. Yes, Bob Blackman is a I think he's an award winning um, yes uh, costumer or what what would you theater call theater costume yeah, yeah costume designer you, you, yeah you name it but let's just face it when it came to us the men on the show he would sometimes come up with some very provocative looking uh, yes. pieces of wardrobe and sort of say hey this is what you're going to be wearing in this episode. And me yeah. taking a look at that, I thought I would wear this if I was in maybe West Hollywood going out and do, you know, I, I don't know. It was really yeah. very borderline. Like, mm, this is really not what Harry would wear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you passed the, the, the neighborhood restaurant, Cosimo's, yeah. Cosimo's. which, which I, I had the same thought named after our script supervisor, mm -hmm. Cosmo Genovese who mm -hmm. was on Star Trek for many, many years, just right. passed away last year. Yeah, Cosmo was an awesome guy. And I, I'm sure that they uh, they probably named the restaurant or the character after him. Definitely. Lieutenant Laska shows up. My buddy Mark Kiley, like I said. Yeah. Uh, as you guys walk towards the subway or whatever, you were sort of arm in arm. And I was like, <laughs> that's an odd way for guys to walk to a subway. And I wondered... <laughs> Not that you would remember, but I'm like, I feel like maybe the director, David Livingston in this case, maybe said, hey, Mark Kiley, grab him by the arm and you're sort of dragging him because he's confused and doesn't know what yeah. to do. And I'm sure that was probably a direction, but it just seemed odd to me that you guys walked down the street to the subway arm in arm. Did it look like we were off to see the wizard, the wonderful it, a wizard little of Oz? Bit, yeah, okay. it looked like you were sort of hooked together and here we go. I don't know, there was something a little 
Sometimes, and I have a couple <laughs> other places in this episode where this is true. Yeah. And and I think Star Trek um, is guilty of this more than most shows because Star oh. Trek sometimes can be slightly stylized. Okay. The directors would sometimes give us very specific direction that maybe they think tells a story or fits the shot. I think often it would be like, stand mm -hmm. like this or stand or hold your hand here or something. Right. And it just feels very self-conscious and awkward. And that was one of those, I, I would imagine that was the direction that you guys got. I can't imagine you and Mark both going, hey, let's... Exactly. No, we're not going to do the arm in arm thing, but you're, you're totally right about that. There have definitely been times where directors will tell us, hey, try this sort of blocking or this type of movement. But they, but they think about that movement in their head. They don't actually physically go through that yeah. movement themselves. Yeah. And it ends up being really awkward for all of us. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so you go to the you go to Starfleet to make a presentation, which you have no idea what you're supposed to present. Every time I watch that scene, I just I just squirm because it's sort of like it's so how I mean how awkward is that? Here you are, you know, you're in this reality where you have no clue what you're you have been doing. You know what I'm saying? And then now mm -hmm. you have to do this presentation on this runabout and this new warp core or whatever, and it's just it's it's just embarrassing. And just watching that scene just makes me cringe every time. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's awkward. I mean, I think it's successful because it's supposed to be awkward. Yeah. It's supposed to be lost. And, and you know, when they, he goes, are you feeling sick? And you're like, yeah, 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 that's it. I'm feeling sick. Yeah. Like it's, he's just trying to figure out a way out of this. To, to get out of it. Yeah. To get out of it and figure out what's going on. And he does that. He goes into his office, which is a really nice office. By the way, you've got some awards <laughs> up on the wall. You got the Cochrane what did you get? The Cochrane Medal of Warp Achievement or something? And you're eight months out of the academy? Like, it's, I think you say in here, it said, you're only out of the academy eight months ago. That would be like, I don't know what. It's pretty incredible. Are you finally learning about Jeez. the incredible genius of Harry of Kim? Harry Kim. <laughs> and here's the other genius. When he's locked out of the Voyager... Thing, he goes, well, wait a minute. I've got the access codes because sh it should work. Right. Which it does. So it that does. was good thinking. You know? That was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just going to rewind a little bit before the office. Um, when I walked into the meeting with the Starfleet brass, the first thing that Megan said was, they shouldn't have given you shoulder pads. You look like a triangle. <laughs> so so her, her comment of they shouldn't have given you shoulder pads made me laugh because we all look like triangles if you think about it we all everybody had, had these big we all shoulder had big pads. shoulder pads yeah so it, that was just common it wasn't like i was the only shoulder padded person no. everyone had the shoulder pads. everybody had them on next right? gen yeah, yeah next gen outfits had them yeah and they connected. Do you remember how they connected our shoulder pads inside our uniform? Yeah, they snapped them. There was like a little snap. Beep, little snap. Two, yeah. two snaps. Yeah, there you go. Um, in the office, when you see, so back again, you see that picture of Harry and Libby. Harry's yep. wearing the shirt, that, the same shirt that Libby is wearing during breakfast. But also when he pulls up his file, Harry Kim's record on screen, you yep. see it says, it says Harry's name. It says Harry S period L period him uh i just got a note from um megan it says it was your body type specifically you have no hips okay <laughs> always good to have your, your significant other pull you back down to reality always um, good to yes get some cue cards yeah some cue cards so tell megan if she's got any cue cards for me just to you know 
DM me or something. Megan, if you have any cue cards for Robbie, just DM him. Okay. Thanks. Um, now, <laughs> uh, back to the name. Did you catch yes. that? Harry I S. Didn't. L. Kim? What okay. is that? That's his middle initials. Yeah, but what does it stand for? Did you ever find it out? No, because I've seen it before in my quarters. I No, maybe I just saw it on the wall, some type of like presentation or some type of certificate on the wall. Yeah, I made up my, um, my, my own, you know. Uh, Your middle initials? Yes. I just what does said, it stand for? What do you think it stands for? Harry S. L. Kim, the S. L. to me. I Back in 1996, I said, well, you know, it's got to be sushi loving. Oh, yeah. Loving. Yeah. I was really into sushi go. then. So I said, hey, Harry, sushi loving Kim. You know? Yeah. But uh, obviously, Mc, it's supposed to McLovin. Be you were Mc sushi loving. I was the original. Back in the Mc day, Lovin. you were the yeah. original <laughs> McLovin. McLovin. Yeah, so that's an interesting trivia fact that maybe Brandon would know what they decided. I'm guessing yeah. it's some type of, you know, some Asian, you know, middle name something. or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else could it be? S. Stephen Lawrence. Uh, uh, Sherwood. It's a mystery. Yeah, we'll, we don't know. We have no We'll clue. never know. We also know that, that uh, Harry lives on the fourth floor, apartment 4G, according to Cosimo. But if he wakes up, from his, you know, little thing in the very beginning of the episode, and he looks out. That view does not look like the fourth looks like floor. Looks like on the fiftieth floor. That looks like the fifty-fourth floor. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was a little bit of weird. Uh, when you go back in, mm. um, Flippy comes out in a towel. She's in a towel. Yeah. I gotta say, okay, <laughs> I gotta say, this scene made me uncomfortable. Really? I know what the intention was. Was like to get you guys the foreplay going. But this is another scene where I would say the direction probably was, David Livingston, the director of this episode, probably said, oh, I wanna do this all in one long, slow pushing. That's what no coverage, right? That's what he said. So you had to hit these marks, nose to nose, and then just basically for two pages or whatever, two minutes, three minutes, you just sat in the same position and talked and it was clear that you were, it was foreplay and everything, but as a director in my life now, I, I think that's an interesting idea, but watching it in execution felt more uncomfortable. I would have let you guys be more playful and silly Agreed. and fall back and get some coverage and let, let the scene build because it was, the words were fighting against the shot and the, yeah. the, the kind of static of this shot. Yeah. And the fact that there weren't any cuts, I was like, yeah. it's not sexy because it's just sort of uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's not your performance. That's not what I'm saying. It was was so clear. Like she says, well, you know, Harry, is there something I can do to help you relax? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In my towel? <laughs> I mean, it's so clear <laughs> what's going on that it would have been, I think, more effective to be more playful and to have, I 100% I agree with you. And this is probably a caveat or a lesson to all you aspiring directors out there. Um, don't get so locked into one particular shot that you have in your head and thinking that this is the end all be all because literally we did 17 takes of that. Oh, shot. I bet you did. That's no look because it didn't, you know, according to David, the certain points that where the camera was supposed to be on the, on the push-in wasn't mm -hmm. hitting the certain, we, we weren't at that point in the dialogue. He didn't like it. We did it again. We did it again. We did it again. And you're right. The playfulness would have been way better because, you know, think about it. 
Harry's been totally out of whack. He doesn't know where the hell he is. He's just confused. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get it. Um, how do you get him out of that? You know, you got to start maybe wrestling with him, tickling him. You know, if you're the yeah. other of Harry. Coming around Harry, behind his back and holding him. and Exactly. He should be sort of loosening him up. Yes. And he should slowly be sort of, you know. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. That, yeah. that to me, that scene, not your fault. Mm -hmm. uh, not pr a performance thing. It was really, it was all... Um, a function of this shot yeah. that was supposed to tell the story. And instead it told sort of an awkward story to me. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I honestly, whenever I've seen this and I've seen this scene many times, this, this episode many times, mm -hmm. I've always felt very awkward when watching this going, Oh, there's something missing or something is not a something's a little off about this. And you just saying what you said really puts it into perspective for me. Like if you kept a little bit more movement instead of just this slow push into two talking heads the entire time. Good Lord. Well, we couldn't you know, even see your eyes because you're facing each other. That's so correct. what we see is a, just a profile. So it's mm -hmm. like the audience is outside of this experience Yeah. because we couldn't, you know, imagine if I did the whole podcast like this, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like imagine if I just sat here the whole time I like and, that. And I was like, wow, Harry, like you don't feel it. You no. know what I mean? No, you're you don't so right. You don't feel the expressions or the, right. the changes in, in mood. And oh, you're so, so right. So I just remember, number one, it was very hot. I mean, that set was just, it was lit up. The out, outside was supposed to be daytime for San Francisco. And it just, right. it was a really, really hot set, especially because we kept doing take after take after take after take. And the first few takes, I remember Jennifer Gotti, very tight-lipped, right? Yeah. But when we got more takes under our belt, uh, Jennifer Gotti became more relaxed. And, mm -hmm. and myself as well, I became more relaxed too. Right. And I talk about this when I'm on stage at conventions. I've said this before. I said, take number 11 or 12, I thought that she was searching for my tonsils with her tongue. I mean, literally, it was, wow. it was like, oh my gosh. Because typically in television, when you have TV kisses, it's just more like kind of open your mouth and move it a little bit, but don't show any tongue or don't go, you know, don't French kiss. Just, just do a, you know, more a TV appropriate kiss. But by take, you know, like I said, 9, 10, 11, 12, by the time it got to 17, it was just hardcore, just, making out and it was um it was sad because i went home that night after filming and i was dating um the stand-in for um uh tracy i was dating the stand-in for uh uh Jennifer Lean's, yeah uh -huh. Jennifer Lean's character at cast and i remember <laughs> i remember kissing her that night and thinking huh Jennifer Cotty is a better kisser than my <laughs> That's not girlfriend good. Al is not good That's at all. Oh, good. It was horrible. So uh, I felt like as an actor, if I did a scene where I was playing a bad guy and murdered someone or killed someone, Mm -hmm. that's not, it's acting. It's just pretend. Yeah. And the same with kissing. Like if I do a scene where I'm kissing someone, it's just, it's part of the pretend job that I'm playing. Right. Okay. And it, it never, for me, I never felt like, oh, I was somehow unfaithful or I was, uh, yeah, you know, that that was real. It just, I, for me, I don't know why it never, and maybe that's just bad acting, a lack of commitment or something, but I just, I always felt like, okay, 
I, I never struggled with that. I know a lot of actors do. And now as a director, we actually are required now by the studios to present to the actors in writing ahead of time. Um, it's called an intimacy agreement or something. Uh -huh. The director has to describe exactly what the shots are, describe exactly what the action is in the, in the, in the lovemaking scene or the kissing scene or the whatever it is, so that the actors are agreeable before they get on set. We, we didn't do this back no. in the old days. You just showed up and you, and you figured it out. By showing up and figuring it out, it often left people who might be slightly uncomfortable with the intimacy. And, and you have to do these now. Uh, the studios require it that they sign off ahead of time so that, so that they're comfortable that everybody, both the actor and the actress or whoever is in the scene are in agreement that here's the shots, here's what we will see, here's what we won't see. If, if someone's shirt is supposed to come off, we'll only see from behind, we won't see side boob, we won't blah, blah, blah. Right. You, know, you get very specific or if there's kissing, you know, that the kissing lasts X amount of time and it's this kind of kissing or whatever, you have mm -hmm. to describe all that so that everybody's comfortable because there are people who aren't who feel like it's a real kiss on some level or something for me that never was the case but for some people it is and so uh, i think it's good now that they have these intimacy clauses or intimacy agreements that we we make well hollywood's come a long way because that, that's definitely not the way it was when we were filming and, no and i think that's it's probably better it's it's yeah, better to I have it's better this dialogue before you go, you get on the set and it's in writing and you know exactly what you're expecting to, uh, yeah. what is expected of you and it's there. So good, good job that they yeah. do. Oh, we see the clarinet. The clarinet makes its debut. That's the in the morning, right? Uh, yeah. Or no, in the middle of the night when you wake up. Right, in the middle, the of, the middle of the night. So I gotta after, say, when you- after when the you, nookie. After the nookie, there's mm -hmm. a little time, time transition and yeah. you kind of sneak out of bed. And I kept, I kept thinking as you got out of bed, it looked like such 80s music video lighting. I kept wanting like Tears for Fears to be playing or, you know, like uh, Wham or something. Everybody wants to yeah. rule the world. Something, yeah. yeah. could have had that. Duran Duran, <laughs> something, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> aha, maybe aha. Aha. Oh, aha. aha. Little aha music as you yeah. got out of bed and went over. It was so 80s looking music video. It was funny. I'm going to throw a random weird story right here because you brought up AHA. Um, <laughs> years ago, I was in the Ukraine and I was visiting um, a gal that I was seeing <laughs> at the time. And so then her girlfriend said, hey, on Friday night, we're going to go with the general, like this guy that her girlfriend was dating to his summer home thing. And I said, okay, so we get into this car and we drive out to the, the countryside and it was, it was a really lavish summer home because this guy was a general in the, in the military basically. And after dinner, which was this huge spread, um, we decided, or at least the general decided it was time for karaoke and I'm not a big karaoke singer. And right. I'm looking through, I'm looking through all the, and most of the titles are, are Russian, you know, in Russian language, they're right. Russian songs, they're Russian singers. And I'm thinking, I don't know anything. And the only thing that I could recognize was Aha's Take On Me was the only song. <laughs> now, Robbie, you have singing experience. You know that, you know, certain mm -hmm. people have a range of how high their voice can go and how low. And the lead singer of Aha, the I guess he's Norwegian. That's a high song. Oh my God, he has he. 
the notes that he hits on there, you know, the, the, they're audible to dogs only, I feel. Like, it's so high. And so they put the song on, and I kept telling the general, look, I, don't, I really don't sing. He's like, he's like, but why? You, you, must, you must do this. This is what we do after dinner. You know, I'm like, oh, please, please, can I just pass? He's like, no, you will not pass. You will sing. And I'm like, <laughs> you will sing. Yeah, you will, yeah. If you, <laughs> exactly. If you don't sing, I will make Igor to make you sing. And I'm like, nah. I'm looking over at the guards and everything going, no, okay, I'll sing. Thing, so I started singing this and it was so bad. It was so bad. And, oh, I, and I'm kind funny. of looking over at the general and, and in his mind, he's thinking, I should not have asked him to sing. <laughs> yes, they regretted that <laughs> I made after. a very big mistake. I should not have done that. So um, yeah, they That's regretted funny. after that. So All right, that was my non sequitur story for now. Okay. We see the clarinet and honestly, at this point, they'd never said to me, that I was going to be playing the clarinet. They just always said Harry was in the, the Starfleet, you know, the Starfleet yeah. Academy Youth Symphony or whatever. And so you see the clarinet there. And I thought, okay, this will just be something that we see. And we know about Harry, but we're never going to see it in action. But then later, yeah. Yes, we did. It made me play. Yes, it. we did. Damn it. Um, by the way, so you said it, you, you, you go to the laptop, you start looking through the crew manifest, another kind of time transition. You're getting through the crew and then you don't see Tom Paris. And you're like, Tom, where's Tom? Where's and I was Tom? like, yes, I'm the key. I'm going to be the key master. I'm going to help him get back. I, I was so excited. And you know what? It wasn't Danny Bird helping you. It was Tom Paris. So, yeah. <laughs> I would like to redo what I just said. Um, I, just <laughs> I just realized this is not the first time that we see the clarinet. This is actually the second time that we see the clarinet because there's that scene. Remember when you were coming into the room and you're like, Harry. Oh, yeah, Harry, yeah, yeah. I'm in love with Cass. That was earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was before I, this. I have to, yes, I have to, I have, I have to recant what I just said. That recant incorrect. it then. That recant happens. It. We made 170 some episodes. Yes. Something. So I'm sorry, everyone. You know, my brain is a little bit loopy right now. Mixing so up episodes. I, I do that episodes. all the time. I mixed up episodes. Okay. All right. So I also got to say, she comes over. She's like, Harry, what are you doing? Yeah. And then you decide to spill your guts. And you're like, yeah. I don't belong here. Yeah. I don't belong. And I'm like, dude, you just finally had sex with her. And now you're going, but I'm out. I, I got I to gotta go. I'm breaking up with you. Basically, you're saying, like, I'm breaking up with you. Right. You know, your game, Harry's game, I just got to say, Harry has no game whatsoever. When you were just saying your game, you kind of stopped yourself, and it sounded like you said, you're gay. <laughs> No, Harry is gay. Harry's game. He gay. has no game with the ladies. <laughs> he is no game. Like you can't just like, you know, have a Google, have a little Google in the sheets, what? and then get up in the middle of the night and go, you know what? I don't belong here. I got to get out of here. I was like, dude, you're gonna break her heart. Breaking her heart. So I'm watching this that particular scene, and then that funny bit comes up. Whereas I've got to go to Marseille. I've got to see Paris. She's like, wait, I thought you said Marseille. Oh, it's a long story. And right when that happened, Megan yeah. goes, "See, there you go, running off to Robbie again." Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> You always run to Robbie, to so Tom funny. Paris. I'm like, oh my God. All right, so you go to Marseille. Yeah. And I gotta say, just 
it starts with an alien walking out the door and you're coming in mm. and the alien is walking in like slow motion. If you watch the beginning of that scene, it's like what? the alien, he's kind of walking really, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Again, I was like- Here you are catching was, random stuff like that. There was like probably some shot and they said to the, the, the person, the extra who was an alien, like, yeah. hey, walk a little slower. You have to walk much slower because the camera's moving or I don't know right. what they said. But whatever he was doing was not natural, <laughs> unless that particular alien is like a turtle. Yeah. You know, you know what? Slow. I guarantee you, David Livingston was sitting there going, "Oh my God, I love this alien makeup! Oh my God, we can barely see you. We can barely see you. It doesn't even read on camera. You got to go yeah. slow. You got to walk really, really slow." It, well, it was slow. It was super slow. I'm like, <laughs> "Why is he walking so slow? And why is Tom Paris so angry?" You're angry and you're just sort of just disheveled. And you know, yeah. you don't have as much facial hair as you'd have now. You definitely, you no. did have some growth though. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah I did I, for sure. I remember in a later episode that we filmed together called The Shoot. That's a big Tom and Harry episode that, mm -hmm. that we will review in the future. Um, we were trapped in that alien prison ship. And I remember production telling me, hey, um, so you guys have been in that ship for a while. So um, we need to have like some facial hair, some facial growth. So, uh, you know. Don't shave. Yeah, so don't shave. And I said, guys, you got to understand, I'm Asian, okay? This is going to take me forever. <laughs> like if you want me like not to shave. Yeah. Three, four months. What yeah, do you got? Yeah, exactly. I go, if you can't. I, I like, didn't shave very, I mean, I don't shave much at all now. I keep a little beard, but yeah, I mean, I could go five, six days without shaving and people would hardly notice because my really, my facial hair was so light. It's darker now and it's a, okay. And this is not gray. This is blonde here on my chin. No, I'm okay. Kidding. It's, it's, it, it, it. To other people, it may be gray, but to me, I'm going to call it blonde. Okay, okay. It's, it's a different type of blonde, but yeah. Yes, it's a grayer blonde. It's a grayer blonde. It's a more silvery blonde. Yes. Um, but I just remember feeling sort of envious of, of everyone being able to just grow a beard or have a little extra growth. I remember mm. feeling like, oh man, I can't do that. So they did tell you for this episode, just don't shave it, obviously, when I see you in Sandrine's. Um, yeah. When you say the, those lines... I always remember the, like, I don't know, I don't remember any of your lines except for this one episode and in this year when you look at me and you go, what do you see, Ensign? Like that, you, just, you, say, <laughs> you say that line and I remember that because when we were watching it, when we were watching it, before you even said it, I said it, right? And Megan looks at me and she's That's like, funny. you memorized his line? I go, no, that's just, I always remember that line whenever I say so my So weird. Thing. He turns to me and he goes like, what do you see, Ensign? It's like this angry guy. Yeah. Angry, right? Well, he was also drunk. Yes, he that's was, probably he what was, it is. He was drunk because I got to say, the punch that I throw to you yeah. is like a drunk punch. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wind <laughs> up for a second and I'm yeah. going to miss yeah. and you're going to throw me on the table. Yeah. So it was, you know, and then he goes back for another drink. So I yeah. think I was playing him his sort of fast turns, you know, that sort of like alcohol infused sort of okay. switching gears, you know, yeah, from one mood to the next. And uh, I thought you were channeling from that scene where you slap the doctor so kind of lamely, you know, like, ah, uh, yeah, maybe that was that uh, what was happening. But yeah, it was definitely a drunk sort of punch. Okay. You, you took me down and it was just pathetic. Yeah. He was just pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wasn't I wasn't thinking that um, 
that it was a bad punch. And I did realize you're out of it. You're kind of drunk. So it kind of made sense, I guess. When I first saw the scene, uh, when I first stepped in, I said, excuse me, I'm lining up a shot here or something. And then I immediately go, I look at the table and then I move the cue ball. And my first thought was like, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? Move a cue ball. <laughs> yeah, in a game. And then I realized, oh, as the scene progressed, I was like, oh, he's just practicing shots yeah, or whatever. He's practicing. He's practicing. But, but, but coming off of the line of like, I'm lining up a shot to get you out of my way. It seems like I wouldn't move the cue ball. That seemed... <laughs> Like an yeah. odd time to do it. It was just confusing. Okay, did you catch this? Megan caught this. I didn't catch this. She said, this is really upsetting me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Paris, it does not use chalk on his pool cue. You've never chalked it up before never anything. Did. No. So, you know. I think it was a low stakes kind of practicing. I mean, at first <laughs> I was like, why am I moving the cue ball? Like, why did, why did I do that? But then I realized, oh, he's just screwing around and... <laughs> playing and he's drunk, uh, he's, drunk. Yeah, he, he's very drunk right so yeah. he's not he, he doesn't know what's going on um but yeah that was her big that was her big note for you it's like yeah. hey, he didn't use chalk i don't know why and harry comes in thinking he's gonna get help and paris doesn't look like he's there to help at all no so poor no. harry's not gonna get any help and then cosmo cosimo yeah is sitting at the bar so i was like what's yes up with that? that was strange how, yeah how why is he there, there? Who is this Cosimo guy? Is he yep. a script supervisor? Is All he? these questions go through my brain. <laughs> um, you go back, back in San Francisco, Lieutenant Lask is there, Libby, some security With Libby. guards. Yeah. yeah. Confronted and I got a question, like, why was Lask, Mark Kiley, my buddy, why did he seem so intent on getting you in trouble? Was he like all of a sudden the hall monitor? Like it was just weird. I was like, "You're right to make that observation." And for me, as an actor, I, I kind of sensed that too. And I kept thinking, "Okay, how am I gonna? What's the backstory here?" And I kept thinking, "Laska is secretly in love with Libby, and this is his way of getting Harry out of the way." You know, he just uh, get to, to to for his own agenda. You know, interesting. That's, that's the way I looked at it. I yeah, will say this, yeah, that that day I remember. Jennifer Gotti ignored me at craft service. Everywhere we walk past at makeup trailer, or the hair trailer. Is this after the kiss day? This is after the kiss day. This is the okay. day, the day that we were filming the confrontation where she's standing yep. with Alaska. And I realized at that point that she was, uh, she was method. She was using that, that whole, you know, I'm going to wow. stay in my character the entire day and kind of be mad at you and upset with you and not want to be talking to you and, and, and disappointed in you because that's right. my general feeling. And I didn't, you know, for me, I've never been that type of actor. I'm, I'm sort of, me like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to joke around with you. I'm going to laugh until the last possible second where they say action and then I'm in character, but I'm not going to take that character off camera to the craft service table and ignore another actor because I'm supposed to be pissed at them that day. Yeah. Right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical and say that's the wrong way because I do believe certain method actors, when they do that, where they choose to stay in character all day, it keeps them in that groove. They, they, you know, they're, they, it right. gives them a better performance right. because that's how they work. Right. But, right. but my personal working style is definitely not that style. And I just remember being very annoyed mm. that, that, that I felt like, like she was literally, every time she saw Mark at craft service, she's like, oh, hey, mom. 
Mark. And she was super nice to him. And then was so you got really, jealous. You I got did. I, did. Wow. I got a little jealous of my TV girlfriend talking to <laughs> my, my TV buddy, you know? And it was like, why am I getting upset about this? But I, I did feel a little upset that day. So. So you get an ankle bracelet. Yeah. They slip an old ankle bracelet, the classic ankle bracelet on you. Yeah. And they say like, if you take this off, you're in big trouble. Yes. So you're out on the street, take that ankle bracelet out on the street, run into Cosimo again. Right. And he comes clean. He does. And, and he's like, okay, you went into this slipstream, this time stream. And but I have a question. Did the those aliens create this time stream? No, these time they, streams already, they're just, they're, they're pre-existing time streams from what I understand. But, time streams. Yeah, but do we ever run into a time stream like this again? Or is no. this so rare that, that, yeah. that you just happen to do this this one time? Okay. Yeah, this is the only time in the entire history of the show that we run into this time stream as far as That's I can what recall. I thought. That's what um, I thought. I, that scene and, with Cosimo though, it was so, I remember when we were filming that, it was so bright. The way he was sitting, the sun wasn't in his eyes. The way I was sitting, my coverage, the sun was in my eyes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They obviously, they, they, they toned it down. Like, it doesn't look like it's that bright, but it was bright. I remember that going, Jesus, I need sunglasses, but you can't, yeah. you can't say that. Um, There's a trick I learned years ago that when you're doing a scene in the bright sun, mm -hmm. that as they're slating and getting ready to roll, you close your eyes and you face the sun. Okay. And somehow that sun... Your eyes relax, but but at the same time they're getting used to the sun, I guess. And then right before they say action, you turn and you look at the actor and start going. And it it would definitely help because because otherwise you're just constant. I I'm constantly glaring and kind of huh. squinting, and so yeah. that's a good trick that I used to do. That reminds me of like photographers when they're dealing with um, subjects that keep blinking and where mm. they're always they'll say keep your eyes closed, and then when I you know when I say ready. Mm -hmm open them and then the photographer takes a picture and their eyes are open. Mm -hmm. But in that mm -hmm. case, I'm really acclimating my eyes to the sun by looking up at the sun. Yeah, like safely. My eyes closed and... safely, yep. Yeah. Feeling it and then coming into the scene and go. Yeah, I mean, that would have, if you were there that day. I would have given you that little tidbit. Damn it, Why? where were you? You're probably at home. Just probably i was in marseille getting yeah, drunk you were in marseille hey why why is that secure why is that security anklet that big wouldn't you think that in the in future it would be much more streamlined and much, much. More, but not even it shouldn't even be an anklet it should just be some type of like little something that they put subcutaneously underneath your yeah, skin they should just like inject it, you with just, something they should have just chipped me like you chip a dog and everything yeah. with your pet that's what should have happened I, I think sometimes with props and things like that they want it to be the iconic for the audience the, the iconic sort of oh i get it so yeah. the audience understands right by the way so cosimo explains the time stream and everything yeah but i started thinking all right if he's an alien why is he here just for this yeah he said he says in the scene he says i'm here to watch over you you know i'm here to make sure that things go okay yeah i wish that we had seen some like if he had phased in and out of his alien form or if we had seen mm -hmm. like his eyes blink at some point and see yeah. an alien like it just seemed like he had been there because he had a relationship with you. So yeah. in that timeline, he had been there a long time. Yeah. Which means he would have had to go back in time. It's just, it's, it's, it was confusing to me. These time stories are always confusing because yeah. if they had seen you going into the time stream and at that moment where you went into the time stream, you woke up in bed and he had followed you at that same time stream, he would have had to go back before 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. all very, it's very it's confusing. All, it's confusing. And then the fact that he's an alien, but he looks like a guy from, you know, Sicily yeah. to me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to see his alien parts a little like flash him or something. Something about him is a little weird. Yeah. I wish, and I, get, I wish we'd seen that again. I think a lot of times when, when we've been talking about these episodes, when we, we talk about God, I wish we would have seen this, or we, I wish we would have seen that. It's yeah. usually, again, we, we end up being victims of that 42 minute time constraint, yeah. you know, with the commercials. And it's tough because when he came clean to me, when Cosimo c- tells me, yep, yep, we we're the t- time stream aliens. It was so easily handed over that information it was just like okay here it is you know well he, he didn't he even did. take the time to show you how to use that coin again. no He's he like, just hands here's me this the- thing here's this thing good luck you're it's gonna alien. need it yeah. it's alien well, technology. how do i use this yeah. alien coin i don't know what to do with this no yeah, clue was, yeah so yeah. there's a there's a lot of holes in the script when, when you're dealing with with that and i felt i don't know if you felt this but i felt like there was a lot of dialogue that we had to get out and that we were, we had to go, you know, at light speed in terms of our delivery of our lines in a way, mm-hmm. like when we were in the shuttle later and just other times. Yeah, there was a lot of pretty fast paced. Oh my God, it was just going and going and going. Um, speaking of dialogue, I yeah. just saw uh, on Bob Picardo's YouTube channel, he actually, he's, I, I had a conversation with him. He sent me, um, he sent me a, a link to a video that he did and it's of him speaking technobabble from a specific episode oh i saw that okay yes and he's doing he does a 360 camera move right he spins while he's doing it okay so that was inspired by us oh that's cool he said he said to me he's like well you know garrett um after we you had me as a guest on uh delta flyers and i had to do research on the different episodes you told me to and i you know i got the idea of actually doing this so you guys inspired me to do this segment uh, on the youtube channel so i thought that was kind of cool so it was very cool mm-hmm. it was very cool last yeah. thing with cosimo before you leave he says uh and if you don't decide to go back i'll see you here tomorrow for a vulcan mocha what that's is my the vulcan mocha yeah have you, you had know, it before i've never had it before uh while we were watching megan actually googled vulcan there is a company that sells vulcan mocha mocha as we speak um, wow. that you can purchase but obviously it's some type of vulcan you know caffeine based drink wow. but that's evidently harry's favorite drink vulcan mocha extra sweet so yes uh, yeah but we don't ever hear of Harry talking about that in the current timeline, right? So I know. He never well, that's because Neelix is cooking all the food and he doesn't make a very good <laughs> yeah. mocha. So. It's uh, a, Leola, a Leola mocha. A Leola root mocha. <laughs> uh, so you're breaking out of your ankle bracelet. Yeah. Libby, Libby catches you breaking out of the ankle bracelet. Yeah. Which I think is a very rebellious move. It is. Part. Very it proud is. of you. As a, as a rebel myself, I'm very proud. Oh, okay. Very, very proud of you. All right. Um, we learned that you met her when you were sitting in the wrong seat at the Qatarian Music Festival. Music Festival, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. At the Qatarian Music Festival, what kind of music is that that Harry likes? Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, yeah, inquiring minds want to know. Is it like EDM? Is it like <laughs> like classical? What What kind of music festival were you at where you met Libby? I'm going to go with an EDM kind of vibe. Okay, if it's an EDM vibe, Katarian is obviously in reference to some type of planet, right? Or some type of people. I just kept thinking this entire planet are just 
bald head middle-aged men that look like Moby, the the, the DJ. It's just like all of them are, they all look like Moby there and this is Katarian yeah. music, so maybe. Okay, all right. I'll you go can, with that. It can be whatever you want it to yeah. be. Yeah. Did it bother you that I escaped through the window and all that Libby has to do to stop those guys from chasing me, it's just this, yeah. She just shuts the window and just turns around and goes, sorry, like that. And, but of course they add in, (laughs) but you know, I bet you when they were looking at that, I bet you David Livingston was looking at the dailies going, wait a minute, how is this? Oh gosh. And so in post, you hear that sound that they added in. It's when she shuts the window, it goes, you hear this chirp, like it's uh, uh, locking. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Mm. So they don't chase me that route. They go the other way. This yeah, is it was good. It's it was good. good. Um, yeah, my stunt double for the first time uh, was a gentleman by the name of Al Goto, G-O-T-O. Uh, really nice guy. Um, Dennis Madlone made a kind of a pun, punny joke. I remember because um, we couldn't find Al for some reason. He was he was nowhere to Craft be seen. Craft Yeah. Well, I go. Wh- I go. Where is he? And then uh, Madlone, the stunt coordinator, goes, Al Goto gotta go to the bathroom or something like that i was like yeah you're so funny nice Uh, but this is the day that i actually realized that stunt doubles are there to do the stunt and if you choose as an actor to do the stunt yourself no matter how minimal the stunt may be you are now literally taking residual money out of that stunt performer's kids' mouths. You know, st- right. uh, does that make sense? I mean, you're, you, are, you are taking his residual payment because evidently, at least it, that's how it was back then, they have to actually perform the stunt to get the residual payment. Yes. And, I, I, and he, um, he didn't say anything because, you know, he didn't say anything, but I was told later by somebody like, Hey, that scene where you come out of the, um, the fire escape and you just, the, the, the ladder comes down and you jump off the last two steps that was supposed to be done by Al. But I said to, to Dennis, I was like, I'm gonna do this myself. And Dennis was like, yeah, but nah, I'd rather, Al. I go, no, no, I'm good. So I kind of, you know, I kind of forced my way in saying that I'm going to do my own stunt. Right. And the minute right. I did that, um, little did I know that that now you know did he do any stunts in it or did he did he did he he did the scene where um where the the guy tackles me on the ground like that that's all he needs is one scene he doesn't it, it, he doesn't it's not need like he it. gets paid yeah he gets paid a flat residual but if he didn't do any stunts right. like if they show up then they only get paid the day rate and they won't right. get any kind of residuals on the yeah, day okay gotcha yeah all right so, so the, as long as he did something in the episode somewhere, okay, he'll get it. Yeah. Perfect. So all of you aspiring actors out there, let your stunt person do at least one stunt. The other way that stunt players get paid is um, there's certain bumps that they get for different kinds of stunts. Like if they're near fire or if they mm-hmm. have to take a fall, they get paid more money for the yep. danger and the risk that they put themselves in. Right. But I don't think that any of the typical stuff that you were doing in that chase scene would have been a bump, you know. Okay. He wasn't falling off a rooftop. He wasn't, no. you know, driving a car that crashes or something. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Well, if you ever look at car commercials, by the way, although I think the rules have changed, but it used to be in a car commercial, the person driving the car got residuals. And so the car companies realized, oh, well, we should just tint the windows so you can't see the actors. 
and then we don't have to pay residuals so because they don't appear technically so if you look at nowadays i think they they've changed it's been the old days like yeah it was big residuals if you were in a car commercial just driving a car yeah down the highway as long as you could be seen you got a residual so they that they tinted all the windows dark back oh, in the day yeah those sneaky productions save, they're save saving the money. the money they're not going to show the person driving god it's yeah. so classic um Hey, when we beam out of the office, the, the yeah. quick emergency beam out, why do you leave your phaser there? <laughs> do you remember that? Like The beam out know. happens and the guards run behind there and all that's left is your phaser that's just sitting on the ground. I thought that yeah, it's very strange. Bizarre. I don't know why. Um, when we're in the ship, the shuttle, the runabout, and yeah. the I countdown, like that shuttle. I it's wish a nice we had shuttle. It. Yeah. Better than our normal shuttle for sure. Just bigger, just more room to oh, move around, more so shots. Roomy. Sort yeah. of like the it's sort of like the RV of shuttles in a way. Yes, no. it is. <laughs> Love an RV. Yes. Um, so then, you know, core breach is about to warp core is about to breach. And I talk about there's going to be in 15 seconds, this ship is gonna blow up. And anytime I watch a movie or a TV show where someone makes a number statement of a certain number of the, and then this is going to happen. I always literally count at that point. Right? right. So I went through it and I went 15, 15, 14, 13. When I got to one, we Didn't weren't there up. yet. No, it was another like seven seconds actually. So it was like, wow. oh, you can't. But the most important is that, that Tom Paris is the ultimate hero because he sacrifices himself. You really did. Because yeah. like, if you think of it, you don't even know me from Adam, right? No. I mean, I could be making this crap up. I could be completely just Looney Tunes and I'm like, hey, yeah. I know you from Voyager. Yeah. And you're like, what? But you went out, you you risked it. You're like, okay. I did. This, you know? I so, did. I have to thank you for that. Yeah. You didn't do that. You know? You're welcome. Yeah. You <laughs> you punched the guy, you knocked the guy out, yeah. saved the day. Everything Again, was, Tom yeah. Paris being the hero that he is, yep, he yep, can't help it. Yep. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. He <laughs> uh, Megan also made another comment that was interesting. She goes, sometimes when Robbie speaks on Voyager, he yeah. sings his line. And I thought, really? Yeah. Huh. Like you were on the bridge and you said something and it, it did come da, off da, da, a little... Da, da. A little <laughs> you're like this old like jazz crooner exactly yes man speaking of the bridge when when harry walks on the bridge he's got a little swagger in his step he's like yes there was a little pep in the step i saw that i saw that too i saw that too and to go rewind a little bit before that moment when i'm when i'm in the regular shuttle and you guys are trying to beam me out and there's another countdown there. And I counted those seconds to that warp core breaching. Uh, that shuttle And again, wrong. And again, wrong off by another four seconds there. And I was just sitting there just thinking, God dang it. You know, I, I, I want my, my TV. I want my TV entertainment to, to be, be real. Re- to be real time. That's, how much is that to ask for something as basic as that? You know, come on, guys. I have a question. Yeah. Actually, this is Rebecca's question. <laughs> so you walk down with your swagger on the bridge, come over. <laughs> kind of staring at Tom Paris a little awkwardly in my opinion and you say I owe you one now Rebecca's question was does he still owe you one did he ever give you one (laughs) so yeah my question is do you still owe me one did you ever give me one I, I 
I don't think so. I, I don't think I. I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I ever gave you one. But I, I don't <laughs> I know if you I did. I, I don't think I. I don't think I necessarily still owe you one. I, <laughs> no, you don't I, owe me one. Because you, you know owe what? Me one. I, it's okay. I saved. <laughs> no, I okay. I repaid you. I repaid yeah. your favor in this episode later in the shoot in that episode. Okay. Okay. So fair. That, so, so yeah. So I so gave you, it, yeah, I gave, gave it one. to you. I gave you one. I gave you one later. <laughs> okay. Glad we figured out what that oh, one is. Oh, so perfect of Rebecca to ask that question. Yeah. That's such a Rebecca question too. I love it. <laughs> That's yeah. so good. All right. So Robbie, we're at that point in the show. We sort of we sort of talk about the um, the meaning behind the show or the underlying yeah. message that you can get from this show to yeah. be a better human being. What would you say? Um, I would say uh, for non sequitur that the theme or the big idea behind it is that we, we have a destiny. All of us kind of have a destiny, even if circumstances or things come up that might want to alter our course, that there's sort of a purpose that we have that can't be stopped. And there's a deeper purpose. And for me, like in this episode, Harry Kim has a purpose to be on Voyager, to be there. He knows that's his purpose. The universe knows that's his purpose. Mm-hmm. And this little accident has thrown him off. And even Tom Paris, the other Tom Paris we meet in the, in the wrong timeline, can sense that that's his purpose and helps him get there. And uh, so I think that um, knowing that we all have sort of a, a purpose and that we may get off track now and then, but we're going to find our way back if, if, we're, if we're true and if we're... And if we're um, connected to our purpose i guess mm-hmm. yeah that would be my my theme my underlying meaning and message yeah what about you um for me i really it's similar to what to to what you just said um yeah. but for me it really kind of resonated george bailey's character from it's a wonderful life mm. if you remember like at one point he's like you know i wish i never was born i wish i was never born and then yeah. the angel snaps his fingers and then now he sees how many people his life or his existence touched you know what i'm saying or affected i mean there was a lot of people that he affected and and in reality you see that that the tom paris that in this episode is definitely not the tom paris from voyager uh and but that's because harry and tom didn't interact yeah cork's bar you know what i'm saying so it's sort of It's sort of like Harry's a bit of the George Bailey character here. You know, you, you get to see your life um, when you were not, you know, part of that life in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I always, I always kind of felt shades of it's a wonderful life when I That's watched it. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that the, I guess the underlying message for people is just to realize um, you, that everyone is important. Doesn't matter what you think. You may, you may think, oh my gosh, you know, if I just yeah. vanished, nobody would care. Like, if I just disappeared, or if I just died, who cares? Well, yeah, uh, a lot of people care, and people, and, and in ways that you don't even expect or even think about, you touch other people's lives. You know, yeah. so it's very important to to remember that that everyone has worth, self worth. So, yeah. really, an ish, an episode of of knowing your worth and knowing that, that you touch many lives on many levels that you don't even know.
Every time a bell rings. And Angel, and Angel gets, his, gets wings. his wings. Oh. I love that. See, you're so quick what, on pulling that up on your phone. What is what is the angel gets his wings moment for you from this episode? Is there like a something that happened in the episode that like Harry well, yeah, well, you, yeah, you got your wings when you jumped in and sacrificed yourself. That's yeah. that was your angel getting your. You, that was you getting your wings for sure, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and again, Harry, same thing. I mean, Harry took a leap of faith. He was like, "Look, just transport me off the." Where, there was no coordinates for you to transport me you were like what you want to trans you want to be beamed yeah. off of this shuttle into to nowhere space. To oblivion yeah so yeah so we both got our wings by by sacrificing our lives basically yeah right nice yeah right. i like it i like Good. that too man we should probably make mention of what we will be covering next next week. next week yes. <laughs> yeah that would help there's uh, more there do not <laughs> fear brave audience there will be more of this amazing entertainment okay coming your way we have so much more to give <laughs> so we, uh, whether you want it or not <laughs> well uh thank you again robbie for this week's uh, discussion thank you thank great everyone episode. yep thank you everyone for listening in to our discussion of non sequitur and stay tuned next week when we review Twisted. Twisted. Twisted, 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 twisted. Twisted.